0: Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. How are you? Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I know that there's a lot of stuff going on right now with the coronavirus and I hope that everybody just stays healthy and I hope that everybody is feeling Good. Um, I actually have a cold and I seem to get sick like every three weeks because for the last eight years I've had a little kid and so I still have a kid in preschool and it's just one of those things. It makes you really appreciate the simple things like not having a sore throat it's just like amazing um in any case i've been feeling so good though just in general about you guys and i love how often you write to me and connect with me in my instagram or over email it's just you don't know what kind of gift you give me just sharing your stories and i love hearing how you are and because of that i want to give something back to you so The other day I interviewed Ian LaPatton, who is the founder and owner still of Spiritual Gangster, which is one of my favorite brands. And he did not put me up to this, I promise. But I want to give something back to you. And I love Spiritual Gangster. Do you guys know their hoodies and t-shirts? They have the cutest stuff. I'm also a huge fan of Aviator Nation, the softest, softest stuff. I love both of those brands. So I just wanted to give back to you guys. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a giveaway. If you share about the podcast on your Instagram stories and you tag me uh, every single day uh, for the next three days, I'm going to choose three of you and I'll let you pick. I'll send you a link and you can pick which hoodie or which shirt you want and I'll send it to you just because, because I want to. So go ahead and share about the podcast in your Instagram stories and tag me. And if you want to share about the book instead, then that would be awesome. Share about the book. Um, Let people know you know, what, what maybe it's doing to touch your heart and help you in your life. That would just be so amazing because you're sharing it with me and I get those DMs every single day and I get those emails and you've no idea what that means to me. And if you're feeling that, chances are that the people that you know and love, there's probably a few of those people who would connect to this and maybe it would start to change things for them. Maybe it would give them permission to be messy. Maybe it would give them permission to to do more of what they can do to serve the world. There's such an empathy deficit. The world really doesn't need us to be perfect. I feel like success is so much closer than we think it is. It's really just about getting over that huge ocean inside our gut, which is this fear of can I give myself the right to step forward and trust that I'm going to figure out the next step as I go and that the world doesn't need me to be perfect the world just needs me to be available to care to serve to start to make things so please do share the book or the podcast and tag me in your instagram stories and every day this week uh for the next few days I will choose 3 of you and then I'll uh, I'll send you a gift and I would just really, really appreciate it. Also, if any of you want to leave a review for the podcast, it's really incredible to me. We are like the little engine that could. We are small but mighty. Like It's amazing to me how we've remained um, on the top of the iTunes charts and that we have over 3,500 five-star reviews, something like that. It's crazy. And you look at other people who I really admire, like Amy Porterfield, who is amazing at marketing. She has a huge email list. She started way before I did. She's incredible. And to think that we are doing something that's so significant where we have more reviews than most people, where our podcast is higher up on the chart, it's just... I mean, let that be an inspiration to you. You know, it's just amazing. So thank you guys so much. And I'm so excited about today's episode. You guys are in for such a treat. You're gonna love it. We have the awesome Sunny Leonard Doozy. She's amazing. She's an award-winning video, social media, and brand strategist. She's an expert marketer, an entrepreneur. She's a YouTuber, a podcaster, a digital content creator, and she's a great teacher. She's a master at helping entrepreneurs scale their business through YouTube. In fact, she's helped her clients generate over six million dollars. And revenue from YouTube alone. How crazy is that? Sunny has been featured in Forbes, Huffington Post, Entrepreneur Magazine. She has some incredible tips on how to increase your visibility, capitalize on your you and monetize that message that needs to be out in the world. And she's going to share that all with you in this interview. Go follow her YouTube channel, subscribe to her podcast, The Sunny Show, and prepare to be inspired and educated. Okay, I'm not going to keep you waiting any longer. Please welcome the remarkable Sunny doozy Sunny, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to finally chat with you. You're one of those unicorn people because you're (laughs) really smart and then you're equally pretty and it's like, that's not fair. That's really nice of you to say. Thank you. It's not fair at all. I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. So let's get into it. So we're going to (laughs) talk about your journey because it's
1: not normal. So what the heck happened there? I mean, it's bizarre. The whole thing, honestly, in the beginning, and I think this is, if I can give one big takeaway from my very weird journey, is that I treated everything I did as an experiment. Like, I Uh literally did not... Look at any outcome that I wanted to achieve. I was just like, I wonder what would happen if I did this. Um, and it, honestly, YouTube was an accident for me and a very happy accident. But basically, I had my own business. I've always been entrepreneurial. It's funny, I was entrepreneurial before entrepreneurialism was like the hot new thing. And I just was always fascinated by creating something out of nothing. So I also was always interested and really passionate about communication and to talk to people and to tell stories and to inspire people and to help and educate people. So naturally when I was a kid, I was like, oh cool, I'm going to go into TV. I want to be in broadcasting. I want to be in media. So that's what I grew up knowing and having laser focus. I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Done. And I was always the kid who was like such a try hard, straight A's, like, President of my class, and I, I was totally like, "Totally see that! Oh <laughs> yeah. my god, hey, vote for Sunny!" Yes, there but also is. hilariously, like, was also in theater and dance, and was like total drama kid. Like, so I just had this funny little upbringing where I was kind of dabbling in all these things that all led me to where I am today. And I do know that, particularly for women, it often is very like circular how our paths go, and they everything does connect to one another. So. Basically when I finished high school, I got into a really good university here in um, BC, in Vancouver where I live, uh, UBC. And the day before I was supposed to start, I decided, you know what? this isn't for me, Um, because I also am extremely impatient. So I was like, I don't really understand why I need to study for four years, and then I would need to study for another four years to work in media. Like, I don't get it. So I was like, I I don't want to do it. So much to my parents' dismay, I came home, and I was like, so I have decided I'm not going to go to school, but what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to go work two jobs. I am going to take night classes in broadcasting, and I'm going to get into this broadcasting school in Vancouver, and that's what I'm going to do. And so they were like, okay. So I worked around the clock for that year and I got as much real world experience as I could in the broadcasting industry. I worked for a radio station, literally was the mascot for a hot minute, like did it all. (laughs) And I highly recommend doing it all because that helps you figure out what you want to do. So did all that and then went to broadcasting school. And before I graduated, because I'm the overachiever, I got a job before I graduated in radio and I was the traffic reporter, and I was the evening and weekend host, and I loved it. And I was like, I remember, I was actually talking to one of my my first boss who hired me. Weirdly, we stayed in touch through like some really strange events, and he messaged me. He was like, remember that time I offered you your very first job, and it was for $26,000 a year, and you were pumped? And I was like, yes, I do, because I really believe that Happiness and success, yes, money is an amazing thing, but I need to be happy to feel successful. And I was like, I get to talk for a living? Like, are you kidding me right now? This is the dream. I am living the dream. I have made it. I was the first of my friends to get a real job. I was like, this is amazing. And I'm doing something that's fun and that I love. So I did that. And then- Can I I just say one thing? I think one of the adjectives
0: I would use to describe you most is this enthusiasm. It's like so infectious. And- that is such a gift. Like, let's do this. I get to talk about
1: traffic. Yes. Like no one wants to do that. No one wants to hear about traffic, talk about it. I think because you, I think the key to that for me too, is that I, I look at the other options. Like I was like, oh my God, I could go to school and be an accountant like my other friends, or I could be talking on the radio for a living. Like Um, I'm going to take option B because that seems way more fun to me than, crunching numbers all day. I agree. Literally my mouth. I, I agree. So- and you,
0: you really knew yourself so well because you were like, I'm not going to do it this way. I'm going to take this path. And you just yeah. kept going with your gut. Now, for those of you who don't know, cause I want to like ramp it up. Cause it's amazing. Is it true? Over $5 million in revenue from organic YouTube.
1: So we've done over 6 million at this point in my business. Oh, look at um, that. <laughs> um, but, no, um, it's 6 million. Anyway, no, but and in, in fairness, we do run paid ads now, but in my first Two years of running my business, I didn't use any paid ads, and we scaled to multiple six figures without paid ads. Are you Um, guys hearing
0: this? She's talking about money she was able to make from YouTube, yes, to the tune of six million dollars. Yeah, that is not normal. Okay, so it's
1: not normal. Um, but it is like what I will tell you is that it can be, and that's why I'm so dedicated to doing what I do now, and I think. It was such a natural transition for me. Please teach I us. Known. We don't even know what that means when you're like, yeah, no. so I'm going to tell you exactly how it happened and exactly how you can repeat it because if you at all come across what I do, or you've looked at um, our reviews, and I have a whole wall of fame, we like to call it, and we have something called the 100k club, which is all of our clients who have soared past 100,000 subscribers, and a lot of them pass $100,000 in revenue, whether it's per year or per month from YouTube, so it's not magic, it's repeatable, and I think that's the biggest thing, is I took what I did, and I created a system out of it, but I also fell into it, and I just sort of kept following those little clues, so I built a little consultancy business, did that for five years behind the scenes, didn't have social media, didn't have a brand, didn't talk about what I did. Like nobody knew what I did. I just built other people's social media presences and I managed them. And I worked for like restaurants all the way up to huge corporations, etc. I was doing everything. I was doing all social media strategy and I was doing it at a time where nobody really knew what social media was or why people were using it. Um, so this is back in 2010 and I built the business up built it all by word of mouth, and I was doing everything from content calendar to actually posting to communicating to sales via social. So I learned everything. And my my metrics that I was being based on was like, how much money are you making from this for our business? It wasn't like, how many followers do we have? Nobody cared. They were like, how much money are you making? So I learned really quickly and was trial by fire. I needed to know how to monetize content very quickly. So I did that. And then when I hit that ceiling and I couldn't take on more clients because I was a one-woman show... I basically fell into YouTube by just creating a video that was meant to answer my client questions all one time because I just couldn't get on the phone. I couldn't go to meetings. It just took too much time for me. So all my questions were, all my clients were asking the same things, which I'm sure many of you can relate to. And I basically was like, okay, I'm gonna answer these in a video and I'm gonna send it out. So the first question was around Periscope, throwback, and (laughs) how to use live streaming. And so I made this video with um, a stack of books as my tripod. An eighty-dollar webcam that I found in a junk I'm drawer in my house. With it. I love and it. And a like teeny little tiny apartment with a window for lighting. Nothing professional. And so I made the video. I put it on my channel at the time, and my channel at the time was full of like old family videos, random vlogs, and like had no strategy, and I had nice. no subscribers. So post the video, send it to my clients, email it to my clients, go to sleep, wake up the next day, it has two thousand views. Very confused. I'm like, what just happened? Why are people watching this? How are they finding it? And I should have washed my hair because (laughs) I did not look my best in that first video. But that's the biggest takeaway is that I did not care about what I looked like or what I sounded like. I cared more about making sure my client fully understood and got the value of the video that they needed so I didn't have to waste my time getting on the phone with them again. So it was a little bit selfish to scale myself out of it. So that basically started everything. And I was like, light bulb moment. YouTube is a search engine. People are looking for what I have to provide all day, every day. How do I just like continue this momentum? And so I basically challenged myself. I was like, I'm gonna do this once a week for the next year and see what happens. I did it once a week for the next year, just answering questions, just answering FAQs, and really dialed in my own system, we now call it the Sunny System, and created four phases of growing on YouTube. And in that first year, I went from nothing, like no channel, no nothing, to 50,000 subscribers, 3 million viewers. Um, And so just imagine that, like imagine if 3 million people discovered you in the next year and what you're really good at. And naturally, everything blew up. My business blew up. All these people wanted to work with me. All these people wanted to hire me globally. So then out of pure desperation and necessity, I was like, I don't know how I, one human being, am going to be able to work with all these people, but I see such a huge opportunity here. How do I leverage this? That's when I started packaging my expertise into online courses. And that's basically how we've been able to scale in the way that we have so fast. And I also created this like signature methodology that's now inside of my programs to help people grow their businesses organically using YouTube. And we have a lot of clients now. We actually, one of my clients I was just talking about the other day, he had 1,900 subscribers in June of 2019. When he joined the program. Um, and then he basically started consulting with me in our Authority Accelerator program. And he's now at just under 100,000 subscribers, like 98,000 in eight months. And he just did $97,000 last month in revenue. And he's on track to do 120,000 this month in revenue from YouTube. So, I mean, it's doable. What do you even say? Like, what am I supposed
0: to say about it? Cool, great, awesome, good job. Give me the it's, words. It's,
1: it's amazing. It's so ridiculous very happy about it. <laughs> I well you should be really happy
0: about it. Um you guys, she didn't say this guy started in 2008 and he had 1900 and no-. she said 2019. Like people have all these misconceptions like forget it. It's over. It's done. There's too many. You know what I mean? And you're like and then yesterday this happened.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. And it just, <laughs> the thing is that I don't want to sound like I'm like gloating, but at the same time, like it happens. Like if you look at our wall of fame, we have so many examples of this. We have another woman who started our program last January. She had 8,000 subscribers that took her four years to get to 8,000 subscribers. She's a life coach. And today she's got 116,000. So hey, it's
0: so crazy. I have to say, we I started this podcast thinking like six people were going to listen to it, and right. my, my mom and my sister and three friends, and that doesn't add up to six. I'm really good at math. <laughs> um, but the point is, in three years, we're almost at 15 million downloads. But nobody knows that I'm on YouTube.
1: Can you tell our audience? Yes. Tell us. How do people do it? How do people do it? Okay. So the real key here is completely rolling up her sleeves. I'm like, let's let's get into it. (laughs) It's completely counterintuitive because oftentimes when people go onto YouTube, or create any kind of video content, they treat it like Instagram, they treat it like Facebook, they treat it like any other platform, which we call in my business on-demand platforms. On-demand platforms mean that you post something, you get a reaction. YouTube is very different in the sense that you can have that happen, but it's more that's more based around virality and there's an equation for that. But the more realistic thing and the thing that's so desirable about YouTube is long-term evergreen traffic, which is why you're able to consistently generate leads and sales in your sleep. And that sounds like marketing wizardry, but it's true. And a lot of people think you can only do that with paid ads. You can do it with YouTube too. But most people dive into YouTube and they're like, I'm going to make a video about inspiration or entrepreneurship or motivation. And I'm like, good luck to you because it's an ocean. YouTube is an ocean. That's how you need to think about it, how you need to visualize it. There are over 400 hours of video uploaded to the platform every minute. So you, as a tiny speck and drop and raindrop in the ocean, you can't expect to be found when you're diving in the deep end. So how we do it is we want you to dominate, rise to the top in the shallow end or the kiddie pool is how we put it. So we want you to be a very big fish in a very small pond. And that benefits your channel for two reasons. One is that you basically find gaps in the algorithm, gaps in the market on YouTube, and that's based around a couple of factors. So for brand new channels, our formula is between 100 and 1,000 in the search volume. Um, so that's how many people are searching for that topic on a monthly basis. Less than 100,000 in the search pool. So that's the amount of competition or search results you're competing against. The views and velocity, ideally the top five ranking videos for that category or that topic you're trying to reach. I'm taking for. notes. This is what I'm <laughs> doing all time.
0: You guys listening, <laughs> pull over and take notes. Keep <laughs> going.
1: So- so the, the views and velocity is the third factor, which means that let's say if I want to make a video on how to be a life coach. Let's just use that as an example. The top five videos on that topic, I'm looking for them to be older than one year. I want them to be posted over a year ago. And I also want to see that they have more views than they have subscribers. That's the ideal situation because if they have more views than they have subscribers, it means that it's in demand and being searched and there's an audience for it. And also if it's older than 12 months, it means there's a gap for you to be able to rank number one because YouTube wants new good content to show up first because that increases their user experience. So that's the third factor. The fourth factor is the rating. So there's a tool called TubeBuddy that I use all the time, and um, I highly recommend it, and I use it with all my clients. Basically, it gives you a score, and so you want to look at that score, and it should be at fair or above. Anything under fair is not gonna be a good topic. So if you have all four of those factors. We basically call it guaranteed view videos. It's GVVs. And we know that you're going to get seen because you're not diving into this massive pool as this tiny little nugget trying to get seen. Now you're diving into the shallow end and you're rising all the way up to the top because you found a gap. And that's how it happens. And then as you do that, if your niche, I'm just going to keep going back to life coaching, if your niche is life coaching, you basically want to work to the algorithm's favor because it's an art and a science on YouTube, but a big piece of it is that it's a robot and it's a machine and YouTube really loves to know where to put you. So if you talk about life coaching and that's who you're trying, you're trying to reach um, clients who want to hire a life coach, everywhere someone looks in every kind of variation around the term life coach, you should be found. So that's how you make your content. What are people searching for? How would they find you? There's your content. And you want to basically show up everywhere that they're looking and then you become the authority. And as you build the authority and the algorithm for that keyword, you start being able to go after more aggressive topics. You start diving into the deep end and you start beating competitors a lot faster. Ah, so good.
0: It makes so much sense. And by the way, when you do what you just did, which was extremely generous and it's obvious how much you're a master of it because you can just like rattle it off. It's also so obvious why someone would want to pay you to be in your program. Right. Because you just A, gave away gold for free and then B, anyone who has any brain would go, but I want to really know how to implement that. Like, I don't just want to hear it. I want to be all over it, which means now I get to really understand how to implement every one of those things, which I'm sure is what your courses teach, right?
1: Yeah. And I think like my whole business strategy, which again, feels very counterintuitive is I just truly believe that generosity equals abundance. I think the more that you give, the more that you get. And I think we are long past the days of teasing people and like giving them a little something, because Mm -hmm. people are smart, consumers are smart. And if I were listening to this podcast and you were to ask me, okay, well, how are your clients actually doing that? How are they getting to hundred thousand dollars a month in revenue? And I was like, well, you're going to have to buy my program to find out. I'd be like, screw you lady. Like, I don't want to, I don't know what, how do I even know you're good at what you do? And that's just a one-off thing. And so that's where I think it's really important that you know how to back up the results that you have and 100%. you actually have a methodology for people to get there and to 100%. repeat it over and over again.
0: And the truth is everything is implementation. No one needs a to-do list, right? No. We need a to-done list. And with you, it's like everything you just said needs to be on the to-done list, which means I need to really know how to do it, right? And I'm not even here to sell your program. I'm not an affiliate. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm, I'm very impressed with what, how you. much you know. Can we just unpack that a little bit more? Yeah. Give me an example of a keyword. Give me an example of titling something and how you start to be uh, doing sort of that like surgical, like I'm going to start in the kiddie pool kind of a thing. Yeah, can you yeah, give
1: yeah. me a concrete example of it? Yeah. So, um, I have a lot of videos where I kind of break this down on my, on my YouTube channel too. Cause so you can see it in more visual aspects. And also if you, if you go to boss, I do break this down. It's free training. You can check it out there, but basically how it works is it's really just long tail and like Long tail means that you're creating less competition. So let's just say the, the keyword was something like how to make money. This is so broad. Um, but like how to make money. That would be the keyword that you want to tackle. I would say to you, okay, you're diving really into the deep end there and you're probably competing with like hundreds of millions of results and so you're never going to get So let's take that a little bit further. What kind of money? Where are you making the money? What business do you want to implement to make that money? So let's say we turn it into how to make money as an online course creator in 2020. That whole thing that I just did slowly chips away at the amount of competition that you're having to compete against. But the cool thing is that the search volume associated with how to make money is still attached to that long long tail keyword. So you still have a lot of demand for that topic but you're targeting a much less competitive audience. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, totally makes sense. I love it. One thing I want to ask you, which is a little bit broader, but it relates yeah. to YouTube videos and it relates to what you just did when you talked about how you pitch and how you share your your generosity. A lot of people have a really big fear around putting themselves out there. And I have to give it up for you because I mean this genuinely. I only know like three people who put themselves out there the way you do. Oh, wow. Thank you. Yeah. Like no one wants to do it. Like who wants to do self-promotion? Who wants to be, right? I think there's a part of it where you're like, I can't not because it's selfish because I can help you make a hundred grand in a month. And if that's possible, even for 16 people, how could I keep that? I know that you know that, right? That's number one. But there's a lot of people listening right now who are going to say, Kath, she looks like Felicity for God's sake. (laughs) So it's like, they're going to say, she looks like freaking Felicity. She is Italian. Like, could that be any sexier? No. She's awesome. She's energetic. All these things. Let her do it. You don't get it, Kath. I can't. I'll never make it. It won't be cool. So what do you do when you want to encourage somebody who feels like, not me. I can't. It's not me. Like, I'm taking myself completely out of this because I don't feel like I could go on. And I could do anything on video.
1: Oh my gosh. There's a lot of things that you can do to get over that. And I do hear that a lot. Um, and I I mean, on a very sort of spiritual level, because I am very spiritual as well, I do think that that is yeah. all attached to the ego. It's all attached to trying to protect yourself. And it's a really convenient excuse to play small and to continue to be jealous of the people who are doing the thing. So that's my one thing. My second thing is that why I love and am so passionate about YouTube and it actually like makes me emotional to think about which sounds so silly is that if you look at we've now worked with over 7,000 people in our programs and if you look at the spectrum of people that we have been able to support and show up into the world everyone looks different everyone is from a different walk of life we have one woman she was 73 I think at the time and um, she came into our programs and Gary Vaynerchuk featured her in one of his videos. Like, come on. And she was like, this just made my whole life. I was like, yes, because you're doing it. And so what I think is really important to understand about, let's just take YouTube as a platform. It's democratized success. It's democratized celebrity. You don't have to look a certain way, talk a certain way, act a certain way, be a certain way in order to be successful. And I have gone through my own journey with this and I had my own insecurities and I just one really little thing that I was so insecure about was my hair. And I straightened my hair for my whole life, basically, ever ever since I got a flat iron in my hand from the age of like 16 onwards, I didn't ever wear it naturally curly because I was so embarrassed about it. And I thought it looked ugly because I got made so much fun of when I was a kid. (laughs) And so I believe, right, it is. And people have said that to me, they're like, are you insane? Um, and I now embrace it and I love it. And I actually made a commitment to not straighten it about a year and a half ago. And I haven't since, and I've embraced my curls, but like everyone has their stuff that they feel insecure about. And for me, you just always have to come back to, are you really going to let something like that stop you from creating what you want? Yeah. And the interesting thing about it is that the moment that it's very superficial but the moment that I stopped straightening my hair the amount of people who came out of the woodwork to be like oh my gosh my hair is the same way like what do you do with it how do you whatever and they're like I see myself in you and so I think the thing to understand is that your biggest differentiating factor and I run into this all the time with my clients I'm gonna tell you a funny story in a second about this and like where people go so wrong in trying to build a business and why they feel like they can't do it is that they're often looking at the external and they're looking at other people as what they should be doing when everything you need to build a successful online business in particular is within you, is within your story, your journey. We call it your zero to hero journey, your own problems that you solve for yourself or somebody else and in what you look like and what differentiates you, your backstory, where you come from, what you sound like, what you Mm -hmm. look like, all of those things are what make you win today. Because if you're trying to look like everybody else, you blend in to the sea of sameness. And so I was talking to somebody the other day who wants to build an online course. And that's what in our authority accelerator program, we help you to build your course, sell it, launch it, and then scale it with YouTube. And so this person came to me and he was like, jacked, dude, like I'm talking like huge muscular dude. And I was like, okay, let's talk about where you want to start. Like, what are you thinking about when it comes to your niche right now? And he was like, I really want to help moms lose weight. And I was like, huh, oh, what? <laughs> and I was like, okay, why? And he's like, well, I don't know. I just saw that there was like some really successful people out there doing that and like had helped built businesses around it. And I was like, and what did those people look like? He was like, um, I don't know. I guess they are all women. And I was like, okay. I was like, so. Why would you want to go there? Like what what why why would you want to do that? And he's like, I don't know, because it looks like it works it works for other people. I'm like, it works for other people because that's their journey. And they've actually solved the problem for themselves. I was like, what's your journey? And then he went deep into that he had struggled with addiction and then fitness had helped him overcome a lot of his battles with addiction. Beautiful.
2: Beautiful. And I was
1: like, and there it is, everyone. Like that's your purpose. That's yeah. what you're here for. Yeah. And that's what you're here to share. And so my like passion for what I do does not come from the numbers and the monetary and all that stuff. My passion for what I do is I really genuinely, and because I used to be a journalist, I think this is just an always innately been in me. I really believe that every single person on the planet has a story to tell. And there's someone who needs to hear it, whether that's one person or 1 million people, we all have a story to tell. And if you don't show up because of your own insecurities, you're doing such a disservice to the world.
0: It's so true. And it's so good. And it really goes back to what you said about the kiddie pool and the shallow. one. Is you want to differentiate yourself, you don't want to be like everybody else. It makes so much sense. And people do get so stuck there. It's like, that might be true about my search words, but not about me, not about the fact that I'm whatever I am.
1: Well, yeah. And I think like oftentimes, I'm sure this is not a shock, but people will come to me and be like, well, I want to be Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm like, why? Because that's the only model of success that you see. Usually that's what it is, and I one of my favorite quotes is "You can't be what you can't see." So I also think that we all have a responsibility to show up because we need more. <sighs> that's so good diversity. Yeah, and if we're only seeing a very loud, lovey Gary Vaynerchuk speaking with him very soon, but like if you only see a white dude as the pinnacle of success, then how the hell are you supposed to think that you can win? But I'm telling you, if you go and look and just do a little research. For any topic out there, you're going to find a variety of people who are talking about it. And there is an opportunity for everyone. There has never been a better time in the world, in the history of the world, to show up.
0: It's so brilliant. Oh my God. There's so much here. I wanted to ask you more about, because it's interesting, people who listen to podcasts tend to listen to more podcasts, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, awesome. I'm always like, great. I hope I can find other people that they can now go listen to because it just feeds on itself. You started the Sunny Show podcast. Yes. Now having the podcast and the YouTube, do you feel like if someone's listening and they're going to choose something to double down on, would you say do YouTube, do podcast? What do you see as the differentiator there? Do you think one space is more crowded? Do you think one space is harder than easier? I'm just curious.
1: I really believe that it comes down to your own personal strengths. I think okay. you need to play to where your strengths are. And so if you are terrified of video and it doesn't feel natural and you don't feel like yourself doing it, that's okay. Maybe podcasting is better for you. Maybe photography is better for you and you want to lean towards like Instagram as a platform. But for me, I really enjoy both, but I will say that YouTube has definitely been the more powerful driver in our business because I do feel like when people are watching a video, they are more active I guess and they're more likely to take action that's just been my own experience whereas in the podcast it has built such a deep relationship with my audience right like YouTube has allowed me to go wide podcasting allows me to go really deep and I think it makes people feel like we are truly intimacy yeah yeah and they get to know me on a whole different level so I think those are kind of like the different things for me um, that I've noticed and how I leverage both of them, I guess, to my my advantage.
0: Yeah, I love that. That makes a lot of sense. That there's a there's a depth, but then there's a, a broadness. I, most people, the truth, the data shows they don't even know how to find a podcast. Most people, totally.
1: I also was talking to somebody yesterday who, <laughs> who um, we just hired. We just hired somebody to help with our podcast and um, just like production wise on the back end, and she's amazing. And she was like, "You really have to say, oh, be sure to subscribe to my podcast for free." And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, a lot of people think it's a paid subscription. And I was like, oh my goodness. Not
0: only that, but the podcast is a native app that comes with the iPhone. Yes. People are like, how do I find it? I'm like, you see this purple thing? Oh, I never noticed that. I'm like, that's a podcast. Like there's so, whereas YouTube, like you said, it's a search engine. Everyone's there. The whole world is there. And I think it's amazing that you not only embraced it, but that you boy, did you make such a huge mark. And what do you think about sort of like the do's and don'ts of like good content? Let's talk about the content for a second. What's some things that are are good things and some things that you go, but don't do that.
1: I think honestly, there's really just one golden rule because there's so many layers to content and we do run off of the idea that YouTube has a funnel system to it, just like anything else, just like paid advertising. Your top of the funnel content is going to be more broad topics that they're going to reach a bigger audience, bring in more eyeballs, but it's a colder audience and you're going to have to nurture them into the bottom of your funnel, into your buyers, middle of the funnel is really for like medium, getting warm, dipping their toe in, interested leads. Um, so it can be a little more reflective of what you eventually are going to offer or sell. And then bottom of the funnel is like very hot leads. So if, for an example of that would be for me, anytime I talk about like financial freedom, becoming a millionaire, passive income, that's top of the funnel. Because there's a whole audience out there that's like so interested in that. And then they get to know me and they're introduced to me. Middle of the funnel is, you want to build a personal brand, this is how to do it. Because there, then people are starting to understand like, oh, this girl, I found her on YouTube, obviously she's got like a brand behind her, how do I do that? And then the bottom of the funnel is, you want to build your revenue and generate leads with YouTube, join me. And that's when people are like, oh, I'm so interested in that, I'm a hot lead. But those videos tend to get the least amount of views, but they convert the best. So. There are so many layers with YouTube and you can play with all the layers and this goes to, all of the content out there. I think there's like educational, inspirational, community-based content, but the one golden rule for me with any kind of content on any platform is I don't care how many views or hits you get. Are people actually paying attention? So retention for me is everything. Is are people tuning in and staying tuned in? Mm -hmm. And if they're not, why? what's happening, what's going on with your content, what's going on with your scripting, what's going on with your caption that's making people tune out or not actually take it. in? And a lot of the times I can say for YouTube, the biggest mistake people make is they explain why somebody should watch the video and they talk about themselves for the first like three minutes. So that's a huge mistake just because people already know why they want to watch the video because they've clicked on it. Right. So you don't need to re-explain it to them and waste time doing that because it wastes time getting to the point. And also think about your own habits. One of my favorite examples ever is I was speaking on stage and the person who was interviewing me was like, oh my gosh, you're right. Because I was, my fire alarm was going off in my house and I couldn't figure out how to dismantle it. So obviously I went to Google and I found a YouTube video because Google and YouTube. And it taught taught me how to do it, but I noticed there was like all these videos that came up and I I went to the quickest one and I was like, that what you just said applies to everything because people don't have time. So they just want you to get to the point as quickly as possible. So that's a big piece of success, especially with video content um, because people don't have the time to waste for you to get into the point of what they're looking for. Uh, So we use something called the hot script formula in our programs and it stands for hook outcome testimonial. So giving people the reason that they should watch, hooking their attention and giving them the outcome of what they're going to get out of the video, giving them a testimonial or credibility as to why you're actually like authority on this subject, going into your steps and then at the end, giving them a call to action to your conversion site and also to give you engagement signals on the platform so that you're gaining more momentum and getting seen by even more people with that video. Amazing. Um, But yeah, I think the biggest thing for any piece of content is like, are you intentional with it Yeah. and how much retention are you getting with that post?
0: And what you said, all of it is just like, you know, we could take out a highlighter and just highlight it all. It's (sighs) so good. But one of the things is the, like, how engaged is everyone? And what are some of the things that you think people can do to engage. You ask questions, you say, like, if you're
1: if you're agreeing with me, type this in the comments. Yeah. So um, especially for new channels, I'm like, ask easy things. Because the other thing, too, is similar to what you talked about with podcasts where people are like, where do I even find that on my phone? Not everybody uses YouTube every day. And so there's a lot of people who are going to discover your content that don't even really know how to use the platform. So you have to guide them. Yeah. So that's why you want to say things throughout the video that we call engagement call to action. So things like, is this making sense for you give me a yes in the comments if it is and that honestly believe it or not for a lot of people is scary to leave a public comment so you have to give them get them over that hurdle to build a relationship with them so that they then will leave even bigger comments later on and so giving them that sort of guidance and direction even at the end of my videos every single video i end it the same way if you like this video hit the like button below share it with your friends be sure to subscribe and the reason I do it is because I know there's a whole bunch of people who are gonna watch my videos who have never used the platform before. Yeah. And, and it's new to them. And so they're like, oh wait, what? What am I supposed to do? And then yeah. they know and then they're yeah. used to it and I yeah. taught them so they keep doing it on my channel. Yep,
0: one more thing before we, we wrap up is that you're so graceful when it comes to being genuine and enthusiastic like we said before and there's a sale there. And the sale is not awkward. There's no apologizing for it. You're like, it's graceful. It's like, hi, I'm Sunny. I'm showing up. I believe in what I'm telling you. And so I'm really happy to invite you to buy this thing because I know it's good for you. So there's no confusion in the audience of like, is she scamming me? Is she worried (laughs) that she won't get me results? But a lot of people, one of the biggest problems is like they can learn how to consistently give. They could try to do that. But when it comes to like, oh, I'm going to have to do a call to action oh, I'm going to have to sell something. They're like, forget it. I'm out. I can't. They feel gross. They feel like they're doing something wrong. They feel like, how do you get over that? And how do you feel so ready to wake up every morning and be like, I'm selling this and I'm so proud of selling this. So there's no problem. You can just like take the wheels off and go.
1: It, I mean, it definitely was a, a practice for me and, and it took time for me to feel really comfortable selling, but I will say, cause I think that's just natural. And I think that yeah. I don't ever want to like harp on like gender stereotypes, but as a woman as well, like I agree. Selling was very uncomfortable for me because I was like, oh, I gotta really speak up here and I gotta like really yeah. demand it and it feels aggressive and all these things. Now I actually feel it in my feminine flow a lot more. And it really for me is about relationship building and like I am doing you a freaking favor by selling to you. And That comes from knowing you have the best product on the market. And I talk about this a lot, but I wake up every day. I have four things on my to-do list every day and that's it. And they're the same four things every day. Of course, it ebbs and flows. You have busier times than others. But for me, every single day when I wake up, there's four things that I stay with and that's it. And it keeps me so focused and it allows me to feel really good about everything that I put up and out into the world. And the four things are getting traffic. So I know in order to get traffic, I have to show up and create content. I have to create the best product in the market. So I listen really closely to my clients and I make sure that I'm constantly making iterations to make it the best it can be. I get social proof and testimonials from my clients to prove to people just how good I am at what I do. And I make sure that we are maximizing our profitability and scalability. So we have cash flow and security in the bank. So I'm never having to be spammy or scammy with people. I'm never selling from a place of like, ah, we got to make money this month. I'm selling from a place of abundance. And that has been the biggest game changer for me is I I think about this a lot. It must feel awful to try and sell something that you don't believe in. Like that must feel terrible. Yeah, and I don't is. I don't have to feel that way. So because I know what I built works and I know what I built is very very good and it's not hard to create a really good product but the problem is there's so much shiny object syndrome that people get caught up in all of these distractions and shiny things that they need to be doing as opposed to just focusing on the end goal which is the customer and i truly believe that your customers are your greatest growth asset and like we have a flywheel within my business and The biggest aspects of that flywheel are creating real customer transformations and turning those customers into ambassadors, so that they then help us sell more courses and more more clients in the door.
0: It's amazing. Those are such clear things every day to be focusing on. This idea of like make sure you're maximizing and scaling for people who are listening. I get that question a lot. Like, what you know, you say, Kathy, work smarter, not harder. Like, what would be the thing that you're always doing to to scale that?
1: So the boring answer to this is I am deep into the spreadsheets every morning. The first thing that I do when I wake up, I'm looking at my numbers. I'm looking at where we are for the month. I'm looking at our targets for the month and I'm looking at how much cash flow we've created for the month and not revenue, but cash flow. Like how much cash do we actually have in the business and creating runway so that we know that if the business stopped tomorrow, we still have a lot of time before anything bad would happen. And it gives us that freedom and flexibility because the worst decisions come out of being in a vulnerable state and the worst decisions come out of being in a place where you just have to make money fast. That's how you get crap products. That's how you get terrible customer reviews. And it's how you feel the most stress in the world because you're selling something that you're not proud of. So I think that's, that's for me, what I focus on every morning is, is really looking at my numbers and knowing them inside and out.
0: You're so brilliant. I wish I had 16 days right now just to sit here and be like, take, I have a page of notes in front of me. Um, like, there's so much to you, there's so much depth, and I just can't wait to sit and watch what's Thank gonna you. be for you in the next five, 10. Tell us where we can find you.
1: That's very kind, first of all. Thank you so much. Um, You can find me at SunnyLenarduzzi.com and then like all of the resources, all of the things that I talked about today, you can find on my YouTube channel. So just go to Sunny on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe, hit the bell to be notified when new videos go up and we post several a week. So, Um, And then also the Sunny Show podcast as well.
0: Yeah, we will put links to all of that in the show notes. You're amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I appreciate you. Sunny's amazing. She's amazing. Here are the takeaways. Number one, treat everything as an experiment. Number two, be a big fish in a small pond, dominate the kiddie pool. Number three, generosity equals abundance. The more you give, the more you get. Number four, you don't have to look a certain way, talk a certain way, or be a certain way in order to be successful. Number five, everyone has their own insecurities, but are you really going to let that stop you from creating what you want? Number six, everything you need to build a successful business is within you. Your story, your zero to hero journey, the problems you solve for yourself, That's what's going to make you win. Number seven, your customers are your greatest growth asset. And number eight, we each have a story to tell and there's someone who needs to hear it. All right, here's some wins. Let's celebrate you guys. So Sarah posted in our Facebook group and she said, this month has been a win for me. I sold a commission drawing and it was delivered safely to my customer across the country and they are happy with it. And today I got a deposit for another commission drawing. Starting a side hustle can be slow going, but it has been worth it. I'm just learning. I have to keep at it and be patient. I really want to commit time to this side hustle because there's going to come a day when I want to retire from being an engineer. Whether that's five years or 20 years from now, I want to have this to do full-time when that happens. And let me tell you, building connections with people during this process, whether that's been other artists or creatives or customers, has been so rewarding. I love this group. You guys are amazing. Sarah, That's just so cool. Thank you for sharing that. Congrats on selling those drawings. It's really amazing. And you're right. It really is about the people you meet in this journey and the relationships you're building. That's what makes every interaction and each transaction so meaningful because you know that your work is really serving a purpose and having an impact on someone else's life. Way to go. I'm so proud of you. You guys can go give Sarah some love. Her Instagram is at sparnetart. That's S P A R N E. T-T-A-R-T. Okay, here's another one. Nina shared this in our Facebook group. I've been having an abundance of creative ideas popping off in my brain. It feels as though the universe is bestowing a bounty of magical gifts upon me, showing me that I'm on the right path and I'm in the right flow. This is huge for me. As part of my healing and growing and creative process, I'm learning to trust in the unknown and stay open to receive clues that will guide me to my purpose. Well, I've received a lot this week and I'm so very grateful and inspired to keep creating. Nina, that's awesome. It, it really makes me feel so good to hear that you found a flow and that you're staying open and a To whatever comes. It's such an important mindset to have as you walk on this journey. I can't wait to see what you continue to create and what you continue to receive. Everyone, you can go check out Nina's amazing artwork on her Instagram at the9millie, and that's the number nine. If you have a win that you want to share, come on over and post it in the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group or DM me on Instagram at kathy.heller and come on over to Instagram anyway because I'll be doing a giveaway every day this week. If you go ahead and post about the podcast or my book in your Instagram stories and you tag me every day, I'll pick three of you and then I will give you the gift of choosing your favorite spiritual gangster hoodie or t-shirt or Aviator Nation sweatshirt and you guys can go ahead and enjoy that as well. I cannot thank you enough for listening. I know that you're so, so busy and it means the world that you show up. I hope that you love this episode. If you got something out of this episode, think to yourself, who do I know who could use this episode and share it with them right now? And if you think that it might help other people, then go ahead and post about it in your Instagram or go ahead and post about the book in your Instagram or leave us a review on iTunes. It takes a second, it costs nothing, and it will help other people to find this and hopefully help make a big impact in their life. We've been recording a ton of amazing shows, so please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Remember, that's also completely free. You guys are the best. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I'll talk to you on Monday.